Welcome to Backseat Drivers Podcast, where we cover everything from business strategies, office shenanigans, and any hot topic that gets us fired up. We will give you all the stories, tips, and advice that you never asked for or wanted, because we are the Backseat Drivers. This is one. This is like our 10th time using these microphones, and we're still just like... I wasn't. I was like... We're such children. Sorry, done. All right, stop. Collaborate and listen. Don't do that. You can't. You're in violation of licensing rights. <sighs> okay. We ready? Three, two, two one. Blast Wel- off. Welcome to the Backseat no. Drivers Podcast. I get to say it this time. You get to- No. No. <laughs> Take two. <laughs> well, action. <laughs> And go. <laughs> Come on, man. All you got to say is welcome yes, to the Backseat I know what Drivers I need to say. Podcast. I know what I need to say. Shut up. Do you? Welcome. <laughs> Come on, man. You need to get it down. Okay, this is say, why say you have never been asked to be in the movies. <laughs> yes. Okay. How many times have you been on TV? Couple. <laughs> Does the news count? I mean, we can count the news. Okay, then like that's four. all I've been on. <laughs> Actually, I was on Ramblin' Rod. Oh, hell yeah, I was. I was too. High you five were? to that. Freaking yeah. Ramblin' Rod. That was a great show. You got to give him pins. It was wholesome. Is it what that was. was. You got to watch cartoons and. Which was awesome. Yeah, Saturday morning cartoons. Dude, kids don't know about that. Like that. every day is Saturday morning cartoons. They should bring that back. They should. You want to host that? We could do it together. I mean, I don't know. Ram- Ramblin' Will and Andrew. I mean, really, the, but that was, I feel like, a time when, I mean, it was a lot simpler, right? Simpler times for simpler folk. Yeah. So anyway, why don't we give an introduction? Are we? St- and Go. Welcome to Backseat Drivers Podcast. Hope you are doing well. Sorry that we uh, missed you guys last week. I was in Coos Bay. We tried. We did. We tried to do this thing through Anchor, but like my Wi-Fi was crappy at the hotel. Yeah, and didn't work out for us. We wanted to. We wanted to be there for you guys, but uh, we failed you, and we're sorry. So hopefully you can forgive us, but we are back and with a brand new episode. We are. There's going to be a... An exclusive subscriber um, podcast. It's a shorter one, but not shorter. When he says shorter, it's literally the same length as pretty much all of our other podcasts. Yeah, we did one. It's our hotel episode. But we're going to tease you guys a little bit with it. But before we get to that, I think it's important that we tell you. Remember how we're always talking about how like we're always on the same page? Always on the same wavelength. And Well, now we got Jeffrey... Orchard from Wisconsin on the same wavelength. So in this hotel episode on the bonus episode for the subscribers, we are talking about Jeffrey. Yeah. And the shenanigans that uh, we've had with, with Jeff and 
Uh, uh, like the dirty pickle, or I guess it's just the pickle. The pickle. I don't know why I want to keep calling it the dirty pickle. I don't know. It's not a bad name, though. <laughs> the dirty so, pickle. <laughs> the... We have the pickle story. We have the time he put us up in a hotel with Toothless Joe in overalls and no shirt. With the woman of the night. With the woman of the night. We have the time we were in New York and went into a hotel that we got escorted out of. And uh, then a hotel in Portland where there was a murder in one stabbing. night and then a stabbing another. <laughs> so yeah. all these are on our other episodes, so you need to go check it out. But what's crazy is as soon as we stopped recording this episode... Yeah, it was nuts. I look at my phone, and lo and behold, Jeffrey has contacted me, sent me a video saying what's up. And we haven't talked to Jeffrey in about two years. Well... Or maybe... It, uh, it's been a while. Yeah, it has. I mean, I think his last... Last time I talked to him, we was talking about uh, Antifa here in Portland. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, oh, well, let's see. So I talked to him, yeah, this Christmas. So he sends us a video that apparently popped up on his timeline. So all these events that we were talking about happened like seven years ago to the day. Yeah, seven years to the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he said seven years to the day. So that was really just coincidental and very, very interesting. Yeah, but it was cool to hear from him. So we're going to go out there and... Wisconsin, maybe in May, uh, to meet with him about another project he's working on that we're going to help him help him out with, do some contracting out there again. Yeah. So all this to say you guys need to subscribe because there's some really good stories on there that you're not going to want to miss. Yeah. For and sure. for those of you that are already subscribed, congratulations and you're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. <clears throat> so... um. It, it's interesting times in Oregon right now. We yeah. are getting blue skies here. Feels like spring. Yeah. Baseball's around the corner. I'm so excited. Everyone's feeling good. Yeah. Got some little peps in their steps. Well, and not to mention the mask mandate is being lifted. Saturday. Saturday. Like, come Saturday, it's like all optional. And then the Moda Center just announced that no masks no and no vaccines. vaccine passports needed which is good for us because yeah. we um i mean we have a suite up there that we don't use because of um those restrictions because we've so you could say that we were boycotting it we we were and you could almost say that it worked because here we are going back getting what we wanted yeah you're welcome everyone so um yeah we we didn't feel it was right for us to ask our clients to get a vaccine or go get a COVID test or show proof of their um, vaccination to go see a game. So uh, we just kind of forfeited it and said, well, we're not going to participate in that then. So but I don't think we were the only ones. That no, did that. there were several businesses that... Um, felt the same way that we did so so we're very excited about that um at color school they have a um they put together like a string of masks and wrote like five four three two one and so each day they're cutting off one oh. of the masks to count down until the gotcha yeah they're all excited well i mean i think uh, our children have been 
the ones that really hurt the most. Oh, from for sure. Wearing a mask, especially going to school, you you learn a lot from people's body languages mm-hmm. or know. facial expressions. And, yeah, and so it's it's very hard to meet friends, to make friends, to you know know how other people are feeling by looking at them. I don't think we're going to feel the full impact of what all of this has done until later on because a lot of these kids were doing like kindergarten, first, second grade all on Zoom and then they finally get back in class and they're wearing masks and still social distancing and I mean at one point they're eating lunch outside. I mean there's got to be some ramifications for that like not being able to read the body language be able to figure out and interpret what is going on yeah i mean i can i could see maybe some of that happening but on the other hand man kids are resilient they That's what bounce I keep hearing, back but and they are they're adaptable you know right but i mean yeah. suicide rates have gone up since this all started well i mean that's i mean that's different is it different? I mean, you're yeah. saying that they're adaptable, but here we are. And I mean, this is definitely affecting people in a negative way. Yes, but that, I mean, the mental health, I guess, I mean, that some can't handle. And I mean, there's there's a lot of other factors that go into that. I mean, isolation and right. not going to school and that sort of thing. Well, yeah. And I mean, there there's a lot that goes with that part of it. But, you know, for the ones that have been going, that are in school, I mean, I, I think they're going to adapt and be fine. I mean, you're not going to have a bunch of, you know, awkwardness and homeschooler, like, you know, kids hmm. running around everywhere, like, uh, do I talk to this person? How do I talk to this person? And, you know, nothing against homeschool. I'm just throwing that out there right we have an inside joke of homeschool right so speaking of school kyler is reading the book lord of the flies yeah and i understand you've never read or heard of this book no i I, i'm pretty sure i've heard of it i just it's not one that's sticking out to me that it was one i want to remember maybe so essentially it's a story about a group of uh, boys who get stranded on this island and they have to um, basically make a society work. And it, interestingly enough, I have a friend, um, Ben Fatawa, who his grandfather was actually in a real life Lord of the Flies situation. They were, I think they like skipped school or something, went out on a boat and then they got, uh, they got stranded on this island for like two years and they had to survive. Two years. Yeah. They went out on a boat. Yeah. Skipped school. Yeah. And got stranded on an island. Yeah. People thought they were dead. Like they held funerals and everything for them. Where was this? Um, like the um, Tonga. Tonga Islands, I think. Okay. I mean, I have like, I can show you articles and everything. Like there was huge stuff on this. No, I'm just wondering like where this island was that they got stuck and they went so far that they were stuck and no one ever came by this island. I don't know, man. I didn't get all the details. All I know is that it was the real life Lord of the Flies situation. All right. So anyways, so that was just kind of a cool tie in. But the question that was asked to Kyler that he then asked me, which I wanted to discuss, Mm -hmm. is 
when if you're in that situation, you're on an island with a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. What is your priority of the following? So you got to rank the the priority of these five following things. Are you yep. ready? Yep. So you got, and this is in no order. I'm just giving it to yeah. you. So it's food, water, fire, shelter, relationships. Is that five? Yep. Okay. So yep. I have mine already. Would you, you like do. to hear mine, or do you do you want me to process yours, or how do you want to? Well, I I think so. How many people are on the island with you? I mean, you're saying relationships. So, so. Let, let's just say there's fifteen. Yeah, I could do without you. <laughs> so, um, I mean. Is it like, I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter. Men, women. Right. Um, so you're trying to survive. Which? What's the order of the importance of these? And um, so I thought it was pretty cut and dry, but I asked Travis this, and he gave me a completely different answer. And I mean, I could see his rationale, so it's just interesting to hear how people think about these things. Yeah. So for me... I'd want, I guess, and is this like a consistent, like you want this consistently? Like which one are you getting first? Like you need to serve, you've just been stranded. You have to get these five things in priority. How are you prioritizing them? Oh, okay. So that, that makes a difference. So you're stranded. You need these five things. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, um, I would go, I mean, there's so many di- like different factors. Mm-hmm. Oh, what kind of island are you on? I mean, is well, let's this not get like, too deep into the weeds. Just your well, first, just your I mean, first thought. Well, my first thought is what kind of island am I on? Okay, because that tells me my island. resources. It's a tropical island. Okay. So it's a tropical island. Yeah. So fish are probably plentiful. So um, I would probably go with my shelter first yep. um, scope out the island figure out where a key shelter place is so um, I also have the ability to flag down people yep. you know, sign for help sure. so um, shelter and then I would water's tough I mean we need water mm-hmm. so um, I'd probably find um, my food source next okay. figure out where my food source is coming from okay so you're going shelter food yep and then i'm going um with my fire okay because i need to get that fire going mm-hmm. and then i need to figure out my water i can i know how to make um water so you I know can, how to make water yeah i can figure out how to make water out okay. of with the fire sure. and the steam and stuff so um then we go water for sure. And then the relationships, like I don't need a relationship. <laughs> okay. Let, let me just do what I need to do. And I mean, you're going to sit there that, and write off my, you're going to write on my coattails if you're there with me. That so. sounds like uh, what Nicole would say. So that's interesting. The only thing that you and I have that are similar on this list, which is actually surprising is a relationship. So I had relationship down at the bottom as oh, well. Uh-huh. So the first one that I said was fire. And I'll tell you why. Fire does three things for you. It keeps you warm, it can cook your food, 
and it can boil the water for you. So you need the fire before you can get those other two things. What about if a tropical storm comes in the evening? What about it? Well, if you build your shelter to protect your fire, then your shelter and fire are protected, and you're protected. So that And that's a good point. And Travis said shelter would be first. And he said, like, if you watch those Survivor shows, they always do shelter first. Um, so... I can see that, and I could I could cha- be swayed to change my vote to shelter, mm-hmm. but I would then have to say fire, mm-hmm. and you went food. So, but then what do you cook the f- the food on? You got to have fire. You have to have fire, but you need to know where your food source is before you can cook that food. But you need a fire to be able to cook. I mean, you can why not make the fire that's going to keep you warm and be able to boil your water and be able to cook your food? Then you go out and find the water. I think you need because you. Well, I you mean, can survive without food for what forty days. But see, I just placed the food here, not necessarily food of what I needed, but food to determine where my food source is coming. That's well, how I did that, and then the fire because I'd make the fire now that I know where my food source is, and then why, I'd go why and get do you my need food. to know where your food source is to make the fire? You just made the shelter, and you just made the argument that you need to have the fire under the shelter. You do. So with your rationale, you should actually put food first so you can figure out where you need your food source, then make the shelter. But that's not what you said. No, I So which one shelter. is it? Which food, one is it? Food and fire. So the, wait a minute. If but. you've already made your shelter and you find a food source, are you changing yeah. the location of your shelter? No. Well, so then you build the fire. You, you need it, to know where your food source is. So maybe. So see, you are going food not, first. Well, it's not food that I need. It's the source. But why? You I can need go 40 days without food. You can only go a few days without water. Bro, you know what? I know you and you're going like 10 hours without food. You don't know that. So I I know for Look, sure. You and I could both go a couple days without food. You're struggling. I could go a long time without food. It wouldn't be pleasant, but we, relationships would definitely fall to the bottom yeah. of the uh, priority at that point. So, um, yeah, and, and you know, so I think, I mean, food and water is important. Water is very important, but I think identifying a food source, maybe, see, I mean, there's so many factors that go into this that I need to, like, really see on this island. Uh, because if the fish are plentiful, then I already know, okay, no problem. I'll fish. I'll get that. I need to know what kind of trees are there. Are there, you know, different foods I can eat from that? What I mean. So you're putting something on here that wasn't on here, and that's kind of like scouting out the island. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the first thing we have to do is, like, get our bearings of where we are and what's available Okay, so but that shelter I, needs to come first, though. So even before the scouting, the shelter needs to come first. No, I I think scouting comes first because that tells you where to set up, so you can, uh, you know, signal for help the best where the food is, where it's. Let's let's say it's at. a big island, though. How much time are you going to spend scouting out the island before you actually start to make a shelter? Because there's something to be well, said for you get stranded on an island and right. you just put it, a shelter up right where you're at sure. and then go and build that's, a fire and then go scouting. That's a very big part of the whole thing. So, I mean, it's not just – so I think shelter is the first thing. You have to have a shelter and then be able to go from that. And maybe the shelter is more of a temporary structure to start out with until you can find – maybe you don't want to spend a ton of time on the shelter – 
just well, you need enough to be doing to these other things protection from right elements and right yeah. yeah i mean if i was ever stranded on an island i would definitely want to be with with will for his survival skills i mean i don't know what my survival skills Not well that uh, we haven't gone through any uh, intense training on how to do these sort of things but i i think that uh yeah i mean relation how many people are there i mean geez dude i i'd probably isolate myself really i mean i'd pick out the good ones right you'd ice i don't think that you would want to isolate yourself oh, man there's a so lot of look, dumb people out there. There are. I mean, I take you. Because, I mean, because you. I mean, you get down nitty gritty and work. Right. My one and a half hands. Yeah. Yeah. So we'd have to find that person that we could probably, you know, boss around. Tell them what to do. We need the integrator. Basically, is what yeah. you're saying. We have all the ideas. We need yeah. somebody to go execute it. Yeah. I honestly, I was thinking like you know that person they chop their finger off. They're not going to freak out. We're going to be able to right go ahead and fix that. And I feel like we need a Travis. Travis would be a good Man, integrator. Travis, I feel like I feel like Travis would be like, no, we need to do it this way, and then we'd be like, look, you go do it that way. Yeah, and then. Come over to when us. it's not working. When you're done, we'll be over here. And then he'd and be he'd be fascinated by all the animals that he would find. You're probably right. Probably wouldn't be a good good thing. He'd be a good resource to uh, probably find food and water. Yeah. No, food. you know what we need? We need a Tim. Yeah. Tim's a workhorse. We've always said it. He go out there and get it done. We yeah we'd be like okay that's what we need to do and yeah. he'd definitely be like all right let's do it yeah let's just do it yeah because he's that type do it he's a doer Craig would do it but he would question a lot first well why why are we doing that I don't know although that's a lot like Travis too see I think Craig and Travis we could have them both and they could just argue with each other <laughs> right and that's our entertainment. Well, I mean, you're stuck on an island. I don't know how much entertainment you... I mean, look, once we're established, we have our food sources. We have our water figured out. Our shelter's built. I mean, we'd we'd be able to build a badass shelter. Yeah. Have food, water, and then it's just all fun until yeah. someone comes and, and saves us. Yeah. It's just about keeping the morale high. Right. Because things are going to... You're going to have to... Well, okay. It's like back in biblical times where... They had to establish judges because everybody kept coming to Moses with the problems, right? He led them out in the desert. They were out there for 40 years. They kept coming to him for the problems, and he's like, I can't do this by myself. So they had to establish judges to help with that. I think we just figure that one out. So is it a dictatorship, or is it? I don't know, man. I don't even want people around me. Give me some dogs. Some dogs to chill with and some, like, you know, throw a stick and stuff with them. You're going to be entertained for years by throwing a stick for a dog? I mean, dogs, good companionship. I mean, they'll definitely be loyal. They're Look, man, I know you, and you need relationships. You are not an isolated type person. Look, <sighs> let, let's talk about the time you were stranded in Mexico uh, because of COVID quarantine. 
I was fine. No, you weren't. You were calling me like every ten minutes, wanting to talk. You were you were calling everybody no, that you I could. Yes, not. you were. You are not a isolation type person. I was working. You were more than there. happy to get back to civilization where you could talk to you people and happy. be in relationship with people. I was happy because I was out of a little 70s hotel. 70s hotel. First it's a suite and now it's a 70s hotel. The room I got transferred into for quarantine was a 70s. It wasn't updated, maybe 80s. Was it like the hotel in Atlanta that we talked about in our last podcast or in our subscriber-only podcast? No. Okay. It was better than that. Okay. But I couldn't go outside. I could go to my patio and sit for... 45 minutes maybe to get sunshine in like a three by three square. But my point is you need relationships. We were built to have relationships. We were not meant to be alone. It is not good for man to be alone. I, I, yeah, but it's not good for man to want to murder people either. True that. True that. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen Castaway. I have. With Wilson, the ball, yeah. I mean, that's how bad people need relationships. They make fake inanimate objects into... You, you do what you need to do for your mental health to stay alive in those situations. Right. You know well, this. That's, that's why I'm saying relationship. He had a relationship with a volleyball. Yeah. So, therefore, relationships are important. Right. So, maybe relationships go to the top. For you? I'm saying for everybody. I don't think so. You get established. No, you're right. I can't even justify like putting it at the top or even in the middle. You have to have all those other things before you establish some sort of yeah governmental I would, system. I would think if you're, well, I, don't, I mean, I don't know the situation of how you get there to the island with 15 people and you know zero of them. I mean. Well, who's, what, who says you don't know any of them? I mean, maybe it's, maybe you know a couple of them. Maybe you know all of them. Yeah, there's a lot of different. So you're saying if you know things. everybody, there is already kind of a hierarchy established. Yeah. Of oh, what yeah. would happen, like social norms already. Mm-hmm. Okay, for I'm sure. Down with that. Do you remember the uh, stages of um, team forming? I'm going to take your silence as a no. Well, I don't know what you're talking so about. So there's... It's you're a, asking me like we learned something together. Well, I feel like we've talked about it before. This? I don't remember who... I want to say it was Maslow's, but I don't think so. Because Maslow's is like hierarchy of needs, right? Like food, remember, shelter, yeah, what, anyways. I don't remember talking about that. So there's studies that show that every team goes through these different stages. So you have mm-hmm. forming, team forms together. Right. Then you have storming, which is where there's like conflict and pushback and mm-hmm. it really figures out who's who. Yeah. And then you got norming where like you figure out a norm, everything's working together already. And then you got performing, which is like the highest peak. You like you guys have it down to a science of what you need to do. So what you're saying is if everybody that you knew, everybody that was in this plane crash or this whatever that's on this island with you. That you'd pretty much already be at the norming stage. I I would think so. I mean, you 
so take our take maybe our office mm -hmm. Salem I mean I don't know I feel like everyone you take that everyone has their duties their place their maybe hierarchy and how they go about things mm -hmm. I think you take that and put that into the island that it would kind of be the same thing. We're all working as a team and we know where our strengths are. We know this person, you know, we do this, this and this and this and it all comes together and working for that common, common goal. So when we're forming a business and it's not for survival, does really, and obviously we're not looking at shelter or food, but there's other things that we're looking at. Does relationships get moved up? when it's not a matter of survival. Okay, so you're you're saying do relationships need to be moved up on our list that we have here when we're not in a survival mode on an island? Correct. In the workplace. Yeah. So okay, so relationships like personal relationships or relationships at the office relationships at the office and relationships as um i'm bringing you up from you know manager to vp or i mean uh so I'm, i mean all of it like you know relationships to your um your peers relationships to your supervisors relationships from the subordinate to the um peers so do we need to, um, in the, in the workforce, we need to increase those relationships, open up communication more, right? build more relationships right? with those that we work with every day? Well, I think it's about building relationships. Like we've talked about, like that's what we do is we build relationships, but it's also about managing relationships because it's always been a thing where peers in a workplace talk and there is, there can be a lot of drama that comes with that or a lot of toxic relationships mm -hmm. in a working environment. And so I think it's up to uh, the people in charge to set the tone for the dynamic in that work workspace of what is acceptable and what is not acceptable right and those by establishing those those relationships are going to help determine how your company is performing because mm -hmm. if you have people I, that are not happy when they come to work the level of productivity that of output that they're going to give is not going to be as good as if they are happy when they come to work Sure, I think that's um, I think that's just part of the office dynamics. What do you have, you know, personality-wise, and do they all go like? Uh, for the most part, our office we all have a laid-back personality. Mm -hmm. um, but within those personalities. Um, we have the hard ass. Mm -hmm. We have the one people go to for advice. Um, 
and we have the people that kind of know everything about the company and can answer questions and um, give details on what direction to go. But for the most part, it's the office dynamics. Everyone's pretty, pretty laid back and have, they all have their roles. Right. Well, and that's why when we're interviewing people, we're not necessarily looking for the person that has the most experience or the most skills. We're looking for um, personality. Are they fit? Right. Are they going to fit into our team dynamics? Because there have been a couple of people that I can think of that were qualified for the position, but we all knew that they would not be a good fit right. for our office. And so you can you can train skills. You can't train personality. Yeah, and we've, I mean, we've hired people that, you know, we knew. We're like, oh, man, they're not the perfect fit. And we hired them, and then we're like, okay, how do we get rid of them? Right, hiring out of desperation. Yeah. Well, so, like, I'm looking at when we hired Sierra. Sierra had, like, no experience. We should have fired her right then. <laughs> She had no experience in anything, uh, but her personality was there, and she was the only person to, or not ever, but one of the very few people that came back and gave thank you cards right uh, after the interview. Yeah, which I mean, that nobody does that anymore. I know, and it, handwritten, right? Right. So imagine how much courage that took her to do a handwritten card with how horrible her handwriting is. <laughs> I mean, if I would have saw it, I would have been like, oh, she had her three, fourth grade or third or fourth grade child. How adorable. Write this. <laughs> well, if I remember correctly, she didn't just write one. She wrote one for all four people that were in there doing the interview, like individual cards. I wish I would have saved that. Yeah, should have. Oh, she's going to love this. That word. But your handwriting's worse than her handwriting. It is. It is, 100%. I have horrible handwriting. You know, when I had my hand injury, I taught myself to write left-handed. Yeah, that's better. And my left hand is way better at writing than my right hand is. It's because I'm slow and detailed with it. Because right. I have to be. It doesn't come like second nature with my yeah. right hand. It's I can still write with it. And what's funny, though, is would you say that my right hand handwriting now is sloppier or the same as it used to be? Probably the same. Yeah, it hasn't gone worse. Yeah. Which is no, funny. Which it should have. Right. Well, it's because nothing happened to my thumb. Right. Which, you know, that opposable thumb is what separates us from the yeah. the rest of the animal kingdom, right? That's right. Um, so yeah, I think I think that's um probably probably true on the interview process though. It's getting people who fit and not necessarily the most qualified because we can really, you, you know, you think about it unless they're in the industries, we have to train everyone anyway. I mean, we have to train them 90% on all of our systems and everything. So it's not like they're coming in and hitting the ground running. Right. So what's your favorite interview question that you asked somebody? I don't necessarily have a favorite interview question, but um, 
I I like to observe, listen, mm-hmm. and like read their body language, and see where they're at because you can, I mean, man, there, you know, there's some cues you pick up on. And you're like, nope. Yeah. Right away, you're like, nope. They're not gonna work. I'd say typically we know if it's a good interview within the first five ish minutes. Oh, I yeah, I think it's definitely established if they're hireable in right. the first five minutes. Yeah. And so it's it's a balancing act between okay, they've they've come out here and given this time to come here. We want to be respectful of their time, but we also want to be respectful of our time. So how how long do we keep going with the interview even when we already know that it's a huge no? Well, I know we've had interviews that lasted less than 10 minutes easily. Yeah. I mean, it's... Well, but that's also because we'll ask a question and they'll give a one-word answer. Yeah. And so it's kind of hard to go through doing an interview with, like, one-word answers. Yeah. And I, you know, it's funny how you get the people that are just really nervous mm-hmm. to be there, which sucks because you can't get a full read on them right. because they're so nervous. Oh, there was one gal that was so nervous and we hired her. Um, she had some, some anxiety, but she worked out for a little while and had to go on and do other things. But I mean, there's other people that you're like, man, this is, this is not going to work. You know, right away. Yeah. You're like, just get them out of here. I mean, there are times where I know within the first 30 seconds, I'm like, okay, this is over. This is a no. But usually it's about that five-minute mark. But sometimes it it happens where, like, there's somebody that you're like, okay, this could go either way. And you're, like, asking questions to pull out, like, an answer or to, like, a red flag or, like, uh-huh. a green flag or whatever it is trying to be like, could this work? And those ones are very not as they don't happen as often but when they do to me those ones are a little bit more fun because like you're trying to see if you can find something that you normally want right yeah i mean when i'm sitting in interviews typically i mean i don't participate that much now but um if you know the question was always thrown to me do you have any questions Mm -hmm. like nope I mean, typically, if I'm not asking questions, right. I'm not interested. Right. And it's time to wrap up. Yeah, because usually we have a list of questions. Yeah. And um, if even if Will likes the candidate or like has any interest in them, he won't allow us to finish the questions before he jumps in with his own random <laughs> question. And that's when you know that he's interested. But if he's been silent the whole time and hasn't said anything, then he is checked out. Yeah. Time to move on. Yeah. So. Unhirable. But you all still go through questions. Yeah. I, I've i started to check out as well, especially when it's a big no for me. And at the end, I'm just like, Sierra, you need to just wrap this. Like, we have them do uh, these different assessments like in the so like we have a bunch of papers that we have them sort and we have them do like this test where they look at a picture and then they have to remember what was on that picture and write it down i tell sierra if we haven't asked any questions beyond what's on the paper by the time we get to that 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 we just need to skip over that part yeah because that's just a waste of everyone's time we already know yeah it's hard though i mean with the hiring climate these days now it's hard for us to get uh, people in yeah, well, 
I mean, if anybody's looking for a job, we are hiring right now for uh, we instructors. Are, so we are always hiring. You go to odecdriving.com and go to employment down at the bottom and fill an application. So, uh, yeah, we are definitely looking for uh, people that can um, help teach our youth to drive. We're looking for office staff, too. Okay. If you didn't know. I didn't know. Now you know. Now, wow, right here on the podcast, I find out awesome. Yep. Cool. That's how it goes. That's how it goes, I guess. Now you're in the nose. So, yeah, relationships. They can be tricky. They're a balancing act. And it's a balancing act in the office, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, everyone knows how to handle everyone's sort of personalities, I guess. So, um, so I, I don't know if it's going to be soon or not, but... Um, in our next episode or two, I um, I want to talk about uh, how I was shot, stabbed, and assaulted all by the fourth grade. Okay. And uh, maybe we could do that in that one next week. You give you a little teaser, or maybe the week after. Yeah. And have some, see if we can get some of the folks on who uh, were around and involved in that. Um, Before you try and wrap up too much. I, I, yeah. Before you give away too much. We, I do have to ask you, what's the piece of advice that you're going to give to everybody that. Oh, what do you, what do you have written down over there, buddy? Well, I just have different piece of advice that for me to remember so that I don't have to sit here and look like a bumbling idiot. Oh, I see. Um, so we were talking about relationships. Yep. Um, so um, I think I will give the advice that I also need to take sometimes. Um, relationships are a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter if we're talking about uh, intimate relationships, just friends, Um Relationships always take work mm-hmm. and um, you need to work on those. Always have an open mind and always try to listen without judgment. And someone's calling, pick up the phone. And I'm, I'm bad at that. Wow. Uh, yeah, you definitely need to take that advice. Yeah. I mean, because it's hard. I'm busy. I am busy and, um, my friends know that. So I, I, you know, majority of them don't take it to heart. They, you know, they just call me again. Right. They they know. And again and again, call me, text me. And you know, that's, that's what it takes. It's not that I'm ignoring you. It's that I'm, uh, I have ADD. (laughs) I have to, uh, and I'm like prioritizing something right then and there. And I'm, I'm going to call you back. I'm going to get back to you. Um, but you know, sometimes that friend just, uh, needs you to answer, give Mm -hmm. them an ear without judgment and, you know, listen to them and they're not asking you all the time to solve the problem. They're just asking you to listen. And I think if, uh, we can do some more listening instead of talking and really hear people, um, that's what we should be doing. Yeah. So, that's well, and like you said, like, 
um, relationships take work, but I think that really good relationships um, do take work, but they're a little bit easier. Like, I don't have to worry that I haven't talked to you in a couple of days. Like, I don't have to worry, like, is our friendship on the rocks? Is our business on the rocks? Like, right. I, I mean, we went, what, basically a week without talking, and I mean, it's fine. We did? I when? think. No? Was it not a week? When? I don't know. Oh. Now you're just making stuff Probably. up. Probably. Okay. But it's some relationships are easier than others. They are. And some require more work than others. But um, if it's a relationship worth having, then it's a relationship worth doing right. It is. And, um, you know, I, I we may have talked about it before, but, you know, there's some of those relationships. Um, not all relationships are meant to last forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, relationships expire, whether that's a friendship or, you know, uh, someone you're dating or whatever it is, but relationships can expire and that's okay too. Um, if it's not going right, if they're not, uh, backing you, they're not in your corner. That's okay. I mean, we can move on. So anyway, relationships are tough. Well, I think it's like, a, if you think about a bank, right? And if you have a relationship with somebody and you are constantly having to, they're constantly having to make withdrawals from you, right? Like they're taking from you and they're not giving anything. They're depleting that account. Then that's when those relationships become a little bit um, unhealthy when it's a one-sided relationship and not sure. I mean there are times where like somebody really needs you and they're like you rely on on you heavily because of something that's going on that's completely different but we're talking about like th- you're always there for them they're never there for you type thing right so the I think that's kind of what you're talking about right yeah like that's kind of how I you mean, know when it's yeah or you know something something goes wrong mm-hmm. you know something's been done and you're like you know what I don't need that in my life, you know, especially if something's, you know, affecting my daughter. Right. Say, I'm like, you know what? Peace out. Right. Dude, I don't need any of that around me. I don't need my daughter around that. I don't need her exposed to it. Um, and I think, I think she's learned that as well that I, and I've told her that I've had the conversation with her about relationships expire and friendships expire sometimes. And it's not because you did anything wrong. It's just if that person's not in your corner and like you said, always taking withdrawals or taking things for granted or doing something, then, you know, it's okay. You can move on. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing that says you have to stick around. Right. Um, so my piece of advice is about relationships as well. Oh, it is. What do you yeah. have written down? Well, it's uh, something I told my basketball team a lot, and that is that it's not about who's right. It's about what's right. So when you're thinking about relationships and you're having a disagreement with somebody, whether it's your significant other or it's your coworker or whoever, that it if you could step back and be like, okay, it's not about me being right, but rather what is right in the situation. There would be a lot less conflict if people could have that outlook because a lot of times when you get in the middle of an argument you're more worried about being right than hearing what is right i agree with that that's having the open mind listening yeah and 
a response is all is not always needed you know to fix something listening to what's going on and digesting that right and just letting the person talk and tell you i mean that's important and doing what's right can sometimes not be easy Mm -hmm. oftentimes it's not easy the right thing is oftentimes the hard thing right so i agree and that's um something that you know hopefully hopefully the team's listening to yeah when you know you're saying that well, at least one of them is because we'll be talking, and I said that at the beginning of the season, and I'll drop it a couple times, but then at a time, I'll, some there's a player on our team, Nick, who um, we just had team awards last night, and he got the Tony Robbins Award because he was always dropping quotes that I would say back, but he always did at the right appropriate time, and that was one of his favorites was, it's not about uh, who's right, but what's right. So, Yeah, and, uh, you know, I think, well, I know you can tie that to business as mm-hmm. well, right? We've um, we've proven that, and uh, we did that with our GridWorks um, lawsuit and debacle. Mm-hmm. That you know what we always and I, th- you know, with um, the a lot of different parts of our companies, um, we always say, you know what, we we do what's right mm-hmm. because at any given moment, I mean, there's always someone out to get you someone wants to expose you or Mm -hmm. someone wants to come at you and uh we always say you know what we do what's right we do it right all the time because at any given moment you want us to open our books you want us to show you our audits you want to see something here it is go for it we have no problem with you doing that because we know that we're always doing what's right right and so that's a it's a comfort thing too like not having to worry about so but it's not about us being right it's about doing it's the right about thing doing what's right right so yeah. all right well i think that's a good place to end so uh thanks for joining us make sure you subscribe to hear all of our uh, cool hotel stories and uh join us next time on backseat, backseat drivers, drivers.